Is it on now? Yes. Okay. Hello. Thank you, Jane. Jane, I think we all have people in our lives that were like, thank you, Lord, for that encouragement, and Jane is that for me. So even from long distance, it's nice to actually, I'm just going to put this next to me, um, to actually see her today as I was walking up the stairs because so much of our communication has been through um, blog communication, and she's always been such an encouragement to me, so thank you. Thank you all for having me. Um, I'm Teresa, and I was just very humbled and excited when um, I was asked to come. So it's great to be here. I've never been in this room. This is so exciting just to continue to see when a great church just continues to grow greatly as God gives it growth. Um, Terrell and I did move back to this area this past June. We had been out in Houston, Texas, planning a church, so we never dreamed we'd come back to an area where we've been before. That's not been the case for us. So it's um, great to see some old friends here, and I look forward to meeting new faces as well. And we do have three children, Terrell, Ellison, and Cecilia. They're now um, 28, 27, and 25. So none of them live here, but that's okay. <sighs> okay, um, so the title for tonight, as I had prayed, is Surrender the Turning Point, which as the date got closer, I thought, you know, I wonder if anybody's going to come, because that doesn't sound real exciting. <laughs> but, but it's exciting for me, as I'll share with you in a little bit, um, because the idea of surrender um, began with a personal experience that I had. I want to start, though, with reading a passage in Genesis, chapter 22, verses 1 through 17. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come to you again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together, and Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But 
the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. For years, Abraham prayed for and wanted a son. And in his perfect timing, God gave him Isaac. And then as we hear in this story, God led Abraham to surrender his son, his years-long desire. Then in this story, Abraham responds to God. He willingly offers Isaac. He does not withhold his son from God. Abraham trusts God at this time in his life with the trust that God has been growing in him over many years. It's a trust that God has been growing in him as Abraham tried to follow God in their one-day-at-a-time relationship. Abraham has learned sometimes the hard way that God's way really is best. Through his missteps, but also his good steps, Abraham has experienced personally, God does love me. God is faithful to me. In this story, Abraham is not a victim. He is the focus of God's love. He's held in the palm of God's hand as God is shaping him according to a lifelong plan that Abraham has already written. This is true for you and for me too. God holds you and me in the palm of his hand. We are the focus of his love as he is shaping you and shaping you, shaping me, in a plan that he has written for our entire life before we were ever born. God wants each one of us to personally experience his nearness, his faithfulness, and his love for us. And one way we can experience his nearness, his love, and his faithfulness is through practicing Surrender. Surrender to God. 
Surrender means we release to God what we're holding, what we're trying to handle ourselves. That can be emotions, that can be a person, it can be a relationship, it could be a plan that we have. Surrender causes us to consider, do I really trust God? Do I really believe that the plan that seems to be shaping right now is really the best plan? God knows the degree to which every one of us trust him right now in our heart. And so with great love, he continues over and over again to provide opportunities for us to practice surrender so that we can practice trusting him. Surrender is one way that we practice God shows us what we're holding or who we're holding. God shows us what we're trying to handle, what we're trying to take care of ourselves, sometimes what we're trying to control or manipulate ourselves. And he invites us to open our heart, to figuratively open our hand and release what we're holding, who we're holding, what we are trying to handle ourselves. Surrender is not defeat. You know the way sometimes we say, I just give up. As followers of Christ, surrender can be a turning point over and over again. So I want to share a, a story, one of the first places where I really learned this. At the time, our three kids were all preschool age. It kind of gets blurry, but that's kind of the age I think they were. And I was downstairs, and I could hear them thumping around upstairs. And so all I remember really is that I had left the kitchen. I was walking through the family room, heading back up there. And I was on a mission. You know, you always are. And as I was walking, I just collapsed to the sofa. Not like fainting collapse, just collapsed. And I just started crying, softly, of course, because I did not want any of them to come running downstairs. So I just started crying. And then I started whining and venting and just said, you know, God, I'm just exhausted. I'm so discouraged. I'm overwhelmed. I feel like I'm messing everything up. I just don't get it. And so I sat there for a few minutes. This whole story, by the way, is like 15 minutes long because you can't be away from little children that long anyway. So that's how long I've concluded this time must have been. So I did that, and I cried, and then I just sort of sat there subdued. You know, after you have a good cry, and it just sort of feels good. And then I was just still. And I wish I could tell you that I was still, because I decided I'm going to pray and listen to God. No, I was just still because I was spent from my crying and I was tired and so I was just sitting there for a minute, probably feeling sorry for myself. But you know, God is so amazing. He just breaks through whatever we're doing. And that's what I experienced in those next few minutes. The Lord met me in this very low place. He was listening. He's always listening. 
He always meets us in any place that we are. But oh my goodness, when we just say, God, we are just drawing near and he is drawing near. And so even though mine was in whiny tears, I wasn't planning to sit down and draw near. I was planning, I wasn't planning at all. I just sat down and and started and the Lord responded. And he showed me several things in that time. God showed me what I was doing. He showed me how I was trying to plan out everything. I was trying to plan out what kind of a woman I thought I should be at that time in life, what kind of a mom I thought I should be at that time in life. I was setting my own personal goals. I was setting goals for my kids. I had expectations of myself. I had expectations of the kids. And he was also showing me that I had not asked him once to lead the way. What I was asking God was, please help me with whatever my agenda was. And almost with an attitude of entitlement, like I am praying, God, won't you please help this happen? Won't you please help this one learn this? Won't you please help me accomplish whatever it is? I was only talking to the Lord pertaining to my agenda. And he helped me lovingly but firmly to see my pride. He basically was exposing the attitude of my heart was, I've got this. And so I was humbled. And I sat there and I repented of my pride. And then I just said yet again, Lord, I just need you. I just need you to help me. And then the next series of prayers that I prayed, um, which I think were just the Lord, he just so often will stir in us what he is wanting from us. And I began to pray some prayers of surrender. I began to give the Lord this pattern that I was seeing in me. So it's like, Lord, I give you this pattern of planning my life and planning for my children. I just release that to you. I surrender that to you. Will you please show me in these coming days what you want me to be working on with this child, what you want me to be working on with this child, what your way is for this child? And then I also surrendered my expectations of myself. Lord, I give you what I'm expecting of me because I knew some of it, but I said, please show me what I'm expecting of me, what I think others are expecting of me. And then I surrender to the Lord each one of my children. I've done that more than once over the years, by the way. <laughs> Lord, I give you Terrell, and I commit this relationship to you. I want it to glorify you. And I did the same with each one of them. And I didn't have long to sit there, but in those coming days and weeks, the Lord responded to those things because he's so faithful. That day was a turning point for me in my prayer life. The challenge, the ups and downs of parenting, that didn't change, but the Lord had impacted me with that new way of praying to surrender to him. Just like we heard in the story of Abraham where, you know, Abraham offered his son. Abraham did not withhold 
his son, you know, the way we hold on to some things. And God provided for Abraham. And that was my experience. God provided insight. He provided direction. He provided his peace. And he also provided a new perspective for me. And it was this. Surrender is a strength. Surrender became a strength for me that day. And it's become a prayer discipline that I practice all the time in so many different ways. It's a prayer discipline for Terrell and me, especially as sometimes we would sense the Lord is saying move, and we have moved a few times. And it's been surrendering people we love, surrendering homes we love, surrendering schools we loved, surrendering relationships that we poured into. And always God provides. And it's been wonderful now to pour that discipline into our grown kids and watch them practice surrendering things that they want, things that they're holding on to. Surrender is hard. It's hard for us to hand over who we want. It's hard for us to hand over what we want. It's hard for us to hand over how we want something to go. And God knows this. He sees our heart. You know, you could hear it in that story with Abraham. He said, your son, your only son, whom you love. God knows. And he knows all the history around the circumstances and the people and the scenarios that he wants us to surrender to him. He knows more of the history than we know because he knows the future history, too, what he is planning through our surrender. The turning point for us is that we decide to surrender, but also that we surrender to God. It's not the same thing when we casually say, I've let that go. We want to let something go to the hands of God, specifically giving it to God. When we do this, every single time, we are opening our heart more fully to God. We are communicating to Him. We are demonstrating to Him. God, I'm relying on you. And we're deciding in our heart, I choose to believe that you have the way through this, Lord. You do. This is not up to me. This is not up to some other person. And always, God provides his best. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, just speak to this so well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Okay, I want to just pray about that part real quick and then say something else. Lord God, I just lift this word to you, and I pray that it would be your name that is on our lips. Move us, Lord, strengthen us to be people who live surrendered lives that we can demonstrate in our living how faithful you are, that you always provide in the smallest things and in the biggest things. 
thank you in Jesus' name. Okay, and then I wanted to share a little bit about um, the book with you, Becoming a Peaceful Mom. I have them over here um, for sale. I never set out to write a book. I didn't even like writing in high school. Compositions, I just dreaded them. So it was, it was surprising, but delightfully surprising to me when I was like, oh, wow. Um, this book is really birthed through my own personal pursuit to know the Lord better. I received my first Bible when I was 30 years old. We never had a Bible in our house, so that was a whole new adventure for me. And as I read, I would write things down in my notebook. And then eventually, in time, I started sharing and speaking to small groups and then big groups, just basically things that I was learning and how I was applying it in my life as a woman and as a mom. Then, as time was passing and we were moving and the kids were getting older and I had to keep editing it because I was learning new things, I would have all this material I was piling together, I began to realize this overarching um, aspect for me of how much I craved peace and continued to crave peace. And it wasn't just a mom thing. It's a person thing to crave peace. I craved peace as a mom, but I also craved peace for myself. As I was walking through big changes, as I was facing challenges, as we moved, as I was around people that I didn't know, I wanted to be able to walk in God's anchoring peace. But I was also learning that there was this recurring theme for me pertaining to peace. Whenever I partnered with the Lord or prayed to him regarding a circumstance or a relationship or a problem or something, I experienced God's peace through the whole season. But whenever I didn't stay intentionally engaged with the Lord through the circumstance, I worried I experienced anxiety. I often would try to control the situation. Becoming a Peaceful Mom is not a book of formulas or should-dos. It's a book of encouragement. It's to help us see how much God loves us and values us. It helps you to unpack how you see yourself right now so you can begin to see yourself the way God sees you. We begin to understand how God works in us and through us as we're raising our children. And we begin to grasp how much God wants to tend our heart to heal us, to encourage us, to strengthen us. I've included lots of personal stories from over the years in every aspect of from beginning to open the scripture to lots of different prayer ways and conversations with the kids. There are lots of examples in there of conversations, prayer examples, um, reflection exercises, and there are questions at the end of the chapters too that you can use for personal reflection or just to do with some other moms. It's been fun to learn of different ways that women are studying um, the scriptures and just how to apply this to their lives. Some moms are enjoying doing this with moms whose kids are grown or a couple of seasons older than them, just to sort of encourage one another. Um, 
Some people are doing it as a Skype connection because they don't live around people. And then I just learned um, a couple of weeks ago, there's one of those online Facebook groups, you know, so people from around the country are just meeting other moms because very often you're in isolation uh, where you are. So if you're interested, I'd be delighted to sign your book um, or to sell you a book. The, um, all the proceeds go to nonprofit, so it's always fun for me to say come by some. So thank you very much.